0: Welcome to Let's Get to Work, a podcast with stories of hope and inspiration for people experiencing blindness and vision loss, as well as those wanting to support us. Brought to you by the Employment Committee of the American Council of the Blind, a place where we talk about all things employment, finding jobs, holding jobs, building careers, and challenging stigmas. Each month will consist of two visually impaired people who have chosen to travel down unique career paths. Thank you for tuning in. Now, let's get to work. This is Peter Altschul from the ACB Employment Committee podcast, Let's Get to Work. Our special guest this time is Kyle Johnson, President, CEO, Lighthouse Central Florida in Orlando. Hey, Kyle. Great to be with you all. Good morning. And, Good morning, uh, ACB world. And thank you for joining us. And this podcast, of course, is heard by ACB, but hopefully by lots of other people as well. Uh, So in any case, Kyle, talk first before we get started about the project we want to talk about, talk a little about the Lighthouse. Absolutely. So Lighthouse Central Florida is a
1: you know a traditional community-based nonprofit based in Central Florida. And we were founded in 1976, the year before I was born, they got going on this deal. And if you are born visually impaired or blind or become so at any age, Lighthouse Central Florida. If you live in Central Florida, we're the only organization providing comprehensive, vision-specific rehabilitation, training, education, low vision support. You name it, we do it. Here in Central Florida, we serve people of every age. And and then we've, you know, looking at the sustainability. In Florida, we, we receive some funding compensation from the state of Florida's Division of Blind Services to To serve the community, but that in many ways looks like, okay, well, we'll contract with you to serve a hundred babies and toddlers, and we'll pay you 40 cents on the dollar. So we rely heavily on philanthropy. The organization about 11 years ago was looking at the future, looking at the projections of blindness doubling between then and 2050. Really, they didn't know that yet, but I think that came out around 2014, so okay, how do we help more people? There are thousands in Central Florida who could use our help, and we're helping between five and seven hundred a year, which for those individuals is, you know, transformative. But you know, gosh, I want to help everybody. So if they want if they want help, so we looked at that, and then we also said, you know, for, for as long as anyone can remember, seven out of ten Americans who are blind are not in the workforce, despite you know being the most highly educated disabled population, disabled group, despite people having owned and operated their own businesses, perhaps, before they lost their ability to see. So we said, what what can we do about this? And we created Lighthouse Works in 2011. And basically Lighthouse Works is a subsidiary right now of Lighthouse Central Florida. And it was established to accomplish a double bottom line. One, create competitive careers for people who are blind. And I know that you'd spoken to Sophia, She's a great example of of one of my colleagues who's blind, Sophia McCall. So create those competitive careers while generating net redeployable revenue we can use at Lighthouse Central Florida to fund ourselves. And so we knocked around pretty good there for up until about five years ago. I think we started getting a little more sophisticated. Our first two business lines were a customer contact center or call center and supply chain where we do, you know, packaging, kitting, shipping. Light assembly things like that. Today we also do digital accessibility services and software development, along with some contract management services for the federal, uh, for for Army Contracting Command and the Marines. But really, our our core economic engine, if you will, Peter, is our co- our, our call center. So at the beginning of of the pandemic, I, I stepped into the seat. C- I joined Lighthouse in 2013 to run fundraising communications. Despite not knowing anything about blindness fundraising or nonprofits, and they gave me a shot. Um, and then in 2019, I was honored to to step in behind Lee Nashehe, who went off to be the CEO of Vision Serve Alliance, and I became CEO. And we had about 83 employees. I think we had roughly 20 call center agents. And in little more than 36 months, we we peaked at around 600 employees. And over, you know, probably 550 call center agents. Today, we have—I have just under
0: 300 colleagues who are visually impaired or blind. So, you have this call center, and as one who did, has has done quite a bit of customer service work, I know Michael has too. One of the problems that we've experienced on and off is the lack of accessibility of the technology that's often used while doing customer service work. You bet. And so what got my attention was an article on Forbes about your work with Genesis. Talk about who Genesis is, and then we'll talk about how you create their partnership with them.
1: Sure, sure. So um, they are technically a telephony company software that is used to make a call center work. So there's a user interface and then there's a lot of tools and tracking and you name it that all the things you need to be doing in a in a a professional contact center we were using another company because you know like i said we were like 20 agents it was pretty simple and straightforward you could track a lot of things just on excel and the national narrative in the u.s during the pandemic was no one wants to work and we said well gosh we know thousands and thousands of americans who who would want to work but they're not given an opportunity and then also companies that would not allow work from home had to, and they saw that it could work. And so with that that combination of things, we really, like I said, we exploded. We created, I think, what, it was roughly 200 jobs for people who are blind in 2022, and 25 of them today are in leadership positions, which is cooler. But but we needed a more sophisticated software platform. And we, of course, did our due diligence in any vendor or partner relationship. We always evaluate accessibility and that, that ranks very highly. Obviously, we have people who are blind at every level of this company. And so Genesis was fairly accessible. They were better than the competitors, but their people made a big difference. They really care. Their CEO, Tony Bates, is really committed to accessibility. And so, you know, we we joined, you know, we partnered with them. They were a lot more expensive, you know, than the small telephony company we were using, but we needed that sophistication. And so, but, you know, every customer that we work with, uh, we work with state agencies like the uh, Florida Commerce and Department of Children and Families. We work commercially with folks like... Archer Systems and, you know, Orlando, Universal Orlando, we do dining reservations for them. And each one of them have an interface that needs to be accessible for our agents to navigate the workflows. And so back in the day, in the early days of our call center, we would, during the sales cycle, have to say, well, what platform are we using? Okay, we've never used that. We'll have to test it for accessibility. Just putting hurdles up between us being able to do that work for that customer. And so if everything was accessible, except for the soft phone transfer button, back then we'd have to say, well, unfortunately, we can't work with you because this isn't accessible. And so we said, we, we, we don't like that, right? We want to create jobs for people who are blind and we want to be able to work with anyone. And so we developed a software development team. Our, our software developer for years is a gentleman who's blind. His protege now is also a person who's blind. And basically, we write middleware. That's what we call it. We write software that sits in between us and the customer. And basically, we unlock all the workflows of whatever we need to do for that customer. And some of these are very complex and convoluted workflows. And we make those accessible by writing custom software that sits in between us. And then while we're in there, too, there are a lot of repetitive behaviors in a contact center. And so we automate those. So in just picture, instead of clicking four times to to verify a caller's identity, we write a hotkey, and it's just one click for all four of the pieces of data. So it makes us faster. And, And keep in mind, our customers aren't doing us favors. We aren't doing our employee any favors. We have a very high standard that we have to maintain in order to be competitive nose to nose with anybody out there in the world and so we have to be faster and we have to employ process technology and training to level the playing field and make sure that we you know we do participate in things like the ability one program and the state use program here in Florida but we've built this contact center and our technological capabilities to to compete nose to nose with anybody and we do where Genesis comes in is, You know, we had to acquaint ourselves, first of all, with the Genesis platform and and go through a lot of training. And it's a lot of work to transition onto a sophisticated platform, the likes of Genesis. So, but one of the things we noted was that the user interface was mostly accessible, but, but very busy and had a lot of features that our agents were not going to need. We thought about writing middleware to solve that accessibility challenge, but We decided to just develop our own user interface for a lot of your folks, a lot of your listeners. If you think of, say, Uber, Uber on the back end is Genesis, but they have their own user interface that we that we engage. So as consumers. So we actually just built our own totally accessible user interface, streamlined it, made a made it a lot quicker, a lot easier to navigate, automated some workflows. And off we were running. And Genesis. So in other countries, uh, in in Europe specifically, they have much more stringent accessibility requirements for companies. And rather than in the states, we have to do things very creatively to to unlock opportunities for people who are blind. They have quotas in some of these countries where X number of your employees need, must be disabled. And so. We found out that Genesis was losing deals, really, in, the, in that space because they're, they didn't meet the accessibility requirement necessary. And so the company would not, they would go with a different partner. So they've asked us to put our user interface on their app foundry. And now they're out there. I don't think it's on the app foundry yet, but they are including it in their sales pitch to these countries, uh, companies that are in these countries. Because it's going to enable them to win that business, which is very exciting to have. You know, I mean, heck, we haven't even named the darn thing yet. And it's being talked about out there in Europe by sales teams. So, But anyways, so Genesis has been our partner through all this explosive growth. They've been a tr- tremendous partner. The Forbes article is a great example of how they have extended their public relations capabilities to, to create visibility for us. We have a piece on CBS. It was a CBS a show called The Uplift. They did a story on us because of Genesis. I've spoken in front of probably 5,000 people in the last 12 months because of Genesis. So getting that message out there, uh, not only about Lighthouse Works, but about what's possible despite being blind. And we're not going to cover off the ball. And when I say we, I, I have the easy job. I'm just talking about it. Our our team, all the way down from the you know the operations leaders to our call center agents, they they do such an exceptional job.
0: So it's very easy for me to brag about them. <laughs> so I'm sort of curious to get a little more basic stuff. So how, if I'm a customer service rep, how would your work filter down to the work that I did or that that I would do? What how, what 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 improvements specifically were made? to make my job easier.
1: Okay. So, well, for one, you know, you, in order to be an agent in our call center, you need to have a pretty good handle on, on AT. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're a JAWS user, you need to be pretty nimble. Not everyone who applies is there yet. If they're close, we'll, we'll hire them anyways. Mm -hmm. And we will provide some supplemental training or like in Sophia's case, she wasn't quite ready for the call center floor. So she was our receptionist, which gave her an opportunity to practice without all the pressure, right? Mm Because on some of these campaigns, you have handle times that you need to, you know, handle the call within a certain amount of time and things of that nature. And so, but then once you're, you know, on board, you have customer service training, you've got your AT skills, whether it's Zoom or Zoom Text or JAWS or an alternative. And then we would put you through a campaign training. So to give you an example, <clears throat> making dining reservations for Universal Orlando, it's probably a 3-4 day training tops. Handling unemployment claims for De- Florida Commerce, you know, that's four minimum four weeks, sometimes five weeks of training that's c- campaign specific. And so not only are you learning what we have to do for that customer, you're also learning how to navigate with the support of a Jaws user? Excuse me, who's trained? And so, for the for again, depending on the campaign, it may be very very simple. Universal Orlando, in fact, we are using consumer facing reservation platforms that anyone can use. So very straightforward. Uh, the Department of Florida Commerce, I keep wanting to call them Department of Economic Opportunity because they they just rebranded those are complex calls there they can be really tough calls because people are under duress they they may be calling in to find out why their their unemployment check hasn't come and they don't have dinner for their families you know so in fact there's a suicide protocol if somebody threatens to end their life we flip into a different protocol just to put that in perspective so so that campaign training is is going to look a lot different than the Universal Orlando one, and we do we actually pay a campaign complexity differential. So you, that if you're an agent for Florida Commerce contract, you you actually get paid more than the than the Universal Orlando. But either way so when you're going through training you're learning all the hot keys and all the things that we've built into the accessibility to make you faster and that example of four clicks being one click through our accessibility uh solution that's that's a a real life example that florida commerce it takes their agents four clicks to to verify an identity of the caller for us we we built a hot key and it's all comes up at once and so A lot. Most of our agents work full time. We do have part time agents, and we, you know, we we're working seven days a week on some of these campaigns. So that the we had to get very good in the pan during the pandemic at identifying candidates, qualifying them, interviewing them, hiring them, training them, and then managing them from a distance. We have agents now across twenty states working from home, and we all know, you know, what a what a barrier transportation can be for some folks for employment and some folks really like the idea. I personally, I I like to work in my office, but a lot of people really enjoy working from home. It's a, you can't beat that commute, you know? So if you were a new hired agent, basically you and our supply chain team would deploy your welcome kit. So you would receive a laptop, you would have your headset and it would be preloaded with all the software that you may need in order to do your job, there's a hotline to IT in the beginning, you know, so people can get help and getting, you know, set up if they have any challenges. And then it's, you know, off to the races. You work a schedule and and you go through training, campaign specific training. And then you are what we call nesting, where you are kind of paired up with another agent who's experienced for about a week. And they kind of help you through and give you pointers and tips and then and then you're off to the races but you do have a hotline for questions queue uh, we have you know we have people measuring quality we have people measuring productivity we have people that are there as leads so that hey you have a question being answered you're not sure how to answer that you ask the caller hey can I put you on a quick call and I'm going to find that out for you and then you go over to the chat or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and connect with your lead or a, or a fellow agent,
0: you know. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you, you clearly have set up a, a really great program for the folks that you hire at the Lighthouse. And Kyle is using, I'm sorry, Kyle, Genesis is using this as a sales promotion to uh, market their programs to European companies. What I'm curious about, if you Well, in the
1: US too, Peter. In the US to too. You, but yeah, I mean, that this will be available for any, any company. And Genesis does want to- lead the way in terms of being a commercial company that when it comes to accessibility. So I just wanted to make that clear.
0: No, I appreciate you saying that because that sort of raises the question, how do you envision this 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 partnership that you develop with Genesis helping blind customer service folks who don't work for the Lighthouse, you know, but but have a but use Genesis inspired software. Do you have any thoughts about that? How will in other words in other words, supposing I, I I get a job that that that's Genesis based and customer service but 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 I'm not employed by the lighthouse yeah. yeah how how would your work with Genesis might help me do my job a little easier?
1: Well certainly if your employer who is using Genesis platform utilized our user interface, that would be a lot more streamlined and it would be fully 100 you know, percent accessible. And so right away that that would that would be a big advantage. Now, depending on the employer, are they going to be able to unlock the accessibility on the other side, the customer side, in order to make sure that that you can work through those workflows and do all that? I don't know. You know, some some companies probably would, some won't, some don't know anything about accessibility. And so we need to change that and I, I i gotta tell you since i got you on the line i and we are proud to be associated with american council of the blind and our local florida council of the blind greater orlando council of the blind and we are we're proud to be associated with you all and we are extremely grateful for all the work you do i know clark's out there bugging all sorts of people about their accessibility for consumers and Thank God he's out there and you, you guys are doing that work. But the fact of the matter is we have a long ways to go. And so we are not, you know, if we have a call center agent who says, gosh, I I I really want to work for Universal Orlando. not Lighthouse works because I want the benefits that I can get there. I can take my kids to the parks and do whatever the, the rationale might be. We would support them. We would recommend them to Universal Orlando, we would champion them. But once they're on the payroll for Universal Orlando, then it's, you know, up to Universal Orlando's human resources team and and IT department to make sure that that employee can do everything they need to do to conduct their daily work. And I know that a lot of companies if one advocates for themselves will provide those accommodations, accommodations. I wish every company would. I wish we didn't have to ask for it.
0: In fact, it would, it would seem to me and that this might be another sort of business outgrowth for you to and maybe you're doing this already to sort of reach out to other organizations saying, hey, we're using this software to great success. We, we are able and happy to sort of help you, you know, make your your version of the software more accessible. Is that something that's beginning to happen or is that something you're thinking about doing? What's what's.
1: Yeah, a good question, Peter. Thank you. Candidly. You know, we do digital accessibility services for companies, help we provide comprehensive audits for their websites, we kind of teach the fish rather than give a fish, you know, right. we will show them the code that's not accessible, we will provide code that is, we remediate in some cases, but I'll tell you, our team is so busy with internal projects, like creating the Genesis user interface and, and you know, every time we onboard a new customer, we've got to go through the work of of making sure all the workflows are accessible. So we are, we have talked about this as a business opportunity. In fact, we recently had some very encouraging conversations with John Samuel and Abler. They're based in Raleigh, North Carolina. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're terrific and they're doing a lot of accessibility work, but they're also big time in workforce development and have a lot of training opportunities that uh, people can go through and and get specialized training but we are talking about okay what would a partnership look like where we take this model that works so well and and bring it to you know the rest of the market i will say that it you know we're agnostic when it comes to the technology i mean we we obviously are very familiar with genesis but i mean we made a color-coded medical and dental scheduling software that was completely dependent on scrolling until you find the right color that associates with the you know doctor is a 15 minute check in or first time appointment or and doctors you know on the west side of town they Dr. Smith takes first time appointment but he doesn't when he's on the east side stuff like that and we've made that 100% accessible to someone who can't see anything and so we really it it, it we the my point is we need to multiply ourselves so we can bring this to market and help other employers, you know, empower people to work for them just regardless of their ability.
0: I would think that you know with with the whole diversity inclusion uh, uh, equity and inclusion sure. things and the fact that uh, other employers are desperate looking for talent. This strikes me as a as a win for everybody if the infrastructure can be put in place to make this work. You know, I just think yeah. you guys are incredibly busy, but I could see this being a, a great moneymaker for, for everybody involved if if it can, you know, of some of some infrastructure. Yeah, if it can scale yeah. it.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with you, Peter, and we are very busy. However, just to give you a, a sense of the tone of the conversation between Lighthouse Works and Abler, the tone of that conversation is we can do it. If we can do it, then I believe we have a duty to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so it's incumbent upon us as leaders to figure that out, right? And to to put the resources in place to get this done. And we may be doing it through collaborations like the Abler, you know, discussion that we've had. We may do it independently at times, but we've got to figure it out. You know, our, our software developer who's blind, uh, Mike, you know, for the longest time, he was it. And I was like, you know, I want to wrap Mike in plat, you know, bubble wrap and hire him a chauffeur and, and hire him a chef. We need to keep that guy healthy. And so he is training an additional person. Plus, we just brought in a senior software developer who's very experienced. So the work is being done to lay the groundwork for the infrastructure to be able to do this for anyone, not just ourselves. And I know I know that it's it's limiting. Accessibility is limiting progress for our our colleagues around the country who have call centers staffed by people who are blind, and so we we would love to be the solution for that. And just you know, we we love creating all these jobs, and, and I'll tell you, you know, about seventy five, about sixty percent of our call center agents are typically sighted individuals, mm-hmm. but about seventy five percent of our agents, regardless of their ability to see, report up to a lead who's blind and roughly 75% of those leads report up to a supervisor who is blind. blind. And so that's that's what we're talking about. Uh, Sophia started at reception went in the call center then became a lead but all the while wanted a career in human resources. So what did we do? We paired her up with our human resource at the time person, now even eight person team. And you know ha- help her acquaint and is there training she can do and then sure enough when we hired our first ever in history recruiter, she applied, as did many people from outside of our organization.
0: She competed and she won that job. And she's in HR now. Because we're running short on time, I just want to give you a chance to promote your employment program. If people want to apply, how do they do that? Thanks. Thank you. And thank you for reeling me in, Peter.
1: <laughs> so they can go to lighthouseworks.org. lighthouse works.org and if they are a jawS user, they can tab over at the very top of the page it says work with us. There's also and then if you if you select work with us, there's work with us or work for us. If they click work for us. you're going to find all the opportunities that we currently have available. I will say that if if any of your listeners are blind or visually impaired, having a hard time working but they really want to work, connect with us because if you if you need AT training, we can help coordinate that. We are constantly looking for great people who are visually impaired or blind to hire. As I told you, we have 40% of our agents, roughly, are sighted individuals. Our attrition is very low, even among our sighted agents, but attrition is real and people mm-hmm. leave. So we love refilling
0: those positions with candidates who are blind. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and, and I wish you well and keep us posted if, if there are ways we can help with your expansion. I'm not sure what that means precisely. Um, yeah. Let us know because I, we we in the Employment Committee are also committed to, you know, to making more opportunities for for qualified blind folk. And if we yeah. can work together with you, it would be awesome.
1: Yeah. And, and likewise, if you suspect I or we can be helpful to you or your committee, don't hesitate to reach out. We well, thank you. Raise all boats.
0: Thank you for joining us
1: when i just went to work for us on the careers page at lighthouseworks.org it says lighthouse works is is currently seeking candidates for the following positions and then it says no positions currently open at this time so your listeners may see that and go oh well no please connect with us connect with our hr team give us your name tell us you're interested because we we you know tomorrow we could land another contract contract for 100 seats and we we want to call. We want to connect. So please, regardless of whether you see opportunities on our site or not, let us know and 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 we'll connect with you and put you on a on a list and reach out to you as soon as we have an opportunity.
0: Thanks for joining us. And we wish you well in your future endeavors. Thank you.
1: you too. Thanks for all you do, ACB.
0: been listening to let's get to work a podcast from the employment committee at the american council of the blind have questions episode ideas or feedback feel free to email brooke Jostin, the committee chair at b-r-o-o-k-e underscore j-o-s-t-a-d at comcast.net until next time